Welcome to What's Eric Eating, Culture Map's weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. I have Dodie Wilson and Rebecca Masson from Dodie's Beer and Wine coming up in a little bit. But first, I'm joined by my co-host this week. He is a passionate advocate for the Houston food scene. We follow him on Instagram at thatguyhouston. Matt Harris, welcome back to the show. How are you? We do. I'm doing well, sir. Thanks for having me. Thanks for doing this. Let us dive right into the news of the week. Topic number one, El Burrow and the Bull, a barbecue restaurant that was a hit for a few years at the Conservatory Food Hall, announced that it will open a full-size location in a former Corky's Barbecue in Cyprus. This is uh, John and Veronica Avila of Henderson and Kane. They describe as smoked Texana. So it's a little bit barbecue and a little bit Tex-Mex. And uh, it was very popular. A little bit rock and roll. A little bit of rock and roll. Absolutely. Matt, let me throw it to you. What do you think? Is this the right next step for Alberto and the Bull to, to go out in the suburbs and find a new audience? Well, I'd say uh, I think that's for them to decide. But if the, the quality of what they're doing out there is similar to Henderson and Kane, then put me in the affirmative category. Yeah, I think I think I agree with that. You know, there's just not Cyprus is still kind of one of those underrepresented markets for a craft barbecue. I mean, you'd have to go all the way out to Tomball to chaos chocolate or uh, you've got a couple of old school options out there but not quite the same standard and of course you know henderson and kane makes good barbecue alboro and the bull had a good run at the conservatory and so this does seem like an intriguing new option for them i think so and uh, you know you've got papa charlie's out in that direction but there there are a lot of people out in the Cyprus area. So I, I think there's certainly room and uh, I'm not familiar with Corky's, but uh, feels like, you know, good fit underrepresented area, good quality barbecue. What's not to like? Yeah, no, Corky's was from Memphis. It was a uh, franchise. It didn't quite connect with Houstonians. I, I talked to John Avila about this and he said, you know, it's hard to serve non-Texas barbecue to Texans. And and my one Corky's experience uh, a few years back was, you know, the ribs were pretty good. The brisket was not good. And the rest of it was sort of, uh, you know, fair to Midland, I'd, I'd say, safe to say. I stand by my previous comment. <laughs> and I think what'll be interesting is they had talked for a long time about opening Alboro in the Bowl in the East End with a two-story building, sort of Alboro would be, you know, market-style barbecue. The Bowl would be a little more refined, you know, seated, full service. Um, and that, that project, frankly, is just on hold right now, that they have other opportunities they want to pursue, uh, including this opportunity. Um, there's some possibilities for Henderson and Kane to add a new location or two that those announcements are are pending, but very much in the works. And so, you know, this gets them back out there 
Uh, it expands their brand and it gives the people of Cyprus an intriguing new barbecue option. That's, that's, you know, we look for those win-wins. Absolutely. That's what you All want. That, that is what you want. All right. Let's move on to topic number two. Chefs Billy Kin and Brandon Silva are teaming up to open Kinokawa, a new omakase restaurant, and Tesseract, a casual izakaya in the former Golden Bagel space on White Oak. Matt, what do you think? Brandon and Billy teaming up. Are you excited? I mean, it, Japanese port in my veins. I mean, I'm here for it. It's that's really top of the food chain for me, and and the type of food I like to eat. And you got you know two creative minds, and I'm here for it. You know, I was curious how long that golden uh, bagel space is going to be on the market. I think it's in a prime location. They did a great job on the build out before. So I'm not sure how much change they need to do to the existing space, but uh, it's pretty exciting. No, I, I agree with you. And, and I guess we should add a little context just to say that Billy Kin was the chef at Blackbird Izakaya, and then he opened Hidden Omakase. He didn't stick around there for very long. Brandon, of course, has worked all over the place, but, you know, was at Uchi for a long time, worked for Mark Holly at both Pesce and Holly's. And then he was with the Kirby group for several years opening up, you know, he was at Wooster's and then he opened up Heights Beer Garden, Holman Draft Hall, Pitch 25, and uh, opened Degust, a tasting menu restaurant earlier this year, stayed there for about six months before he left. So, I mean, these are, these are two guys with a lot of really good experiences. Uh, they certainly know Japanese food very well. And they'll bring a different perspective, I think, to, compared to some of these other omakase options that have popped up. I think so. I mean, it's, it, that, that omakase segment is definitely growing. And I think that there's plenty of room for growth. That's again, it's a really kind of top of the food chain for the type of food I like to eat, particularly with Japan being closed for the last year and a half. So it's exciting. Both these guys not just, you know, have experience. They're also very creative. So really kind of looking forward to their spin on this concept. I I agree. And and maybe the one other observation I sort of had was that, you know, for a long time, the Heights was kind of a sushi desert, you know, sushi has been around for a few years, but just recently it's been joined by Ume Sushi, Handy's Dozo, Hando, the hand roll concept, and pretty soon Kinokawa, and then a a sushi restaurant in the MKT development. Um, Is that the right amount of sushi, too much sushi, or uh, are they different enough that it doesn't really matter? What do you think? Uh, You know, part of me says the people will decide, uh, and part of me says you're going to have to be doing a quality product to succeed because there is competition. No, I, I agree, right? I think they'll they'll sort of rise and fall on their their own merits. And of course, they offer slightly different experiences. They'll be at uh, very different price points, right? You can pop into Handy's Dozo and have, you know, three hand rolls and a beer for, you know, 30, 40 bucks. I think Kinokawa is going to be priced more like Hidden Omikase, you know, kind of 
125, 150 kind of ballpark. So, you know, obviously we'll see. Um, but the other thing I like about Kinokawa is that they will have that as a Kaya side that will be open for walk-ins that'll, that will be, I think, allow the chefs to be a little bit more creative. And, uh, I, you know, I, I think in some ways that is equally as exciting to me as the Omakase side. I think so. And I think the, you know, at, at the end of the day, where am I going, where are you going to find me more? Most likely on the Izakaya side, but it, it will be nice to add another high level omakase. And obviously that's a little TBD, but um, with uh, some um, interaction with both of these chefs, I, I have a fairly confident that uh, this is going to be, another quality omakase experience in Houston. And, and while there are several new ones uh, recently, it's still, there's still room for more. So, but that I am looking forward to that izakaya because that's the real sort of sweet spot for the type of food that really crave. Right. No, absolutely. And, and we just don't have that many sort of izakaya style options. I mean, there's, you know, two locations of Izakaiwa and uh, some of the stuff Mike Tran is doing, but you know, it's a it's a short list after that. No, I think so, and I think uh, Click Virtual has some really solid menu items that kind of fit that Izakaya bill. You know, that's to go concept, but they do a great job. And there are a few others, but yeah, to have one inside the loop like that, pretty exciting. Absolutely. All right. Let's move on to topic number three, staying in the Heights. Better Luck Tomorrow announced that they have added Michael O'Connor, currently the executive chef at Vic and Anthony's, to be their executive chef. And bartender Sarah Crowell will move from Rosie Cannonball to be BLT's head bartender. Matt, what do you think? Are you excited about these two additions to the staff at Better Luck Tomorrow? Uh, I mean, the first two words that come to mind are wow. That's two words? Well, wow, wow. <laughs> um, you know, you start with Bobby and Justin, two of the, uh, the best operators, uh, or, or two of the better operators in Houston, and add a chef with the experience and background of Michael O'Connor. I'm a big Michael fan. Very happy for him. And Sarah as well on the beverage side. I mean, that's, that's big news. Locally, I would say that's probably as big as any news that's uh, come across the radar this year. Right. I mean, you know, in his role at Vic and Anthony's, I think Michael O'Connor has been, you know, a, a steady hand. You know, that place is obviously just a machine, you know, that serves when it's, when it's really humming, you know, like for an Astros playoff game or a special occasion like a, you know, a Mother's Day kind of situation, hundreds and hundreds of diners in a night and maintaining the quality and the consistency is is very important. Uh, so obviously that's something that he's gotten very good at. And he's, he's got a good pedigree. I mean, he worked at Stella Sola and Reef with Brian Caswell. So he's got that kind of independent background. And so I think he brings a lot of operational expertise to Better Luck Tomorrow. And of course, Sarah... You know, we know her from her time behind the bar at Cultivare and then at Rosie Cannonball. 
you know, she's known for her seasonal cocktails. You know, she always has very elegant, very thoughtful garnishes. And locally, I think she's been one of the big advocates for expanding non-alcoholic options, which is, you know, something I talked about on the show last week, but it's becoming more and more common and, and frankly, more and more expected that bars and restaurants will have zero proof options beyond, you know, Topo Chico and Coca-Cola. So, uh, you know, I think that shows in a lot of ways that BLT is evolving. I mean, when it opened four years ago, you know, I talked to Bobby Hugel and he was very explicit, you know, this is a bar, this is a bar, this is a bar with food. Don't call it a restaurant. Since then it won best new restaurant awards from both Bon Appetit and food and wine. And I think, you know, hiring an executive chef and a new head bartender who's known for her zero proof cocktails, is it, is it time to start calling Better Luck Tomorrow a restaurant? Well, considering the success they've had with not calling it a restaurant, maybe they just want to continue not calling it a restaurant. <laughs> There's definitely been a change, and I think COVID probably had something to do with that, but it is a bar and a restaurant. How about that? Oh, there you go. They're splitting the baby. Very nice compromise. Thank you, Daddy. But I, I do think that it has become more restaurant-like, even from its original iteration. You know, it serves lunch every, you know, it serves lunch during the week now, uh, brunch and dinner on the weekends, obviously. And it, you know, it was, we kind of, there's a lot of these sort of bar forward concepts that have opened even in the past six months. You know, we've talked about Night Shift on the show quite a bit, talked about Winnie's, Trash Panda Drinking Club. Uh, we haven't talked about Fitzcarraldo, the new patio bar with food from the owners of Cantina Barba, but, but that's certainly out there. And I'd say even relative to those, you know, better luck tomorrow, you know, slightly broader menu, maybe more on the restaurant side than on the bar side, but, you know, still obviously very drinks forward. No, true story. And I, I you know, to me, I think is you, could go to Better Luck Tomorrow strictly for the food, strictly for the drinks, or for both. Absolutely. I, I think that's well said. And then the one other sort of aspect of this to talk about is that Bobby Hugel and Justin Yu have both said that they're interested in opening a second location of Better Luck Tomorrow. Do you have any opinions about where you would like to see them open a second BLT? Well, I would say wherever they think that they could be most successful. Uh, and if that's closer to me, well, then that's outstanding. So <laughs> if you're looking in the Meyerland area, great. No, I, I think wherever they go is, is they'll, they'll do well. They'll, they'll find the right spot. And obviously quality is, is not going to be an issue. So it's just a matter of finding the spot that just, kind of checks all the boxes, you know, maybe with that'll be sooner than later and we'll have a second BLT to go to. Yeah, no, it, it seems like that second BLT is likely. I mean, I, I agree with you. They, they could pretty much put it anywhere. I wouldn't be surprised to see it in somewhere in the East end, just because that's become so popular recently. And I, I wouldn't be surprised to see it, you know, in a neighborhood like spring branch that we've talked about quite a bit. That's uh 
that's becoming more and more of a culinary destination. So, you know, we'll see. Well, now I'm confused because I thought we decided Meyerland. <laughs> yes, it's coming to Meyerland. Done and done. Breaking news. That's exciting. This has been fantastic. This podcast is amazing. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's, but uh, congrats to them. Congrats to uh, Michael and Sarah and just that whole team. That's, that's really big news. And I will be selfishly waiting for BLT2 to open in Meyerland. <laughs> All right, Matt, that does it for the news of the week. We'll be right back with our restaurants of the week. Stick around. Today's show is sponsored by Balconis Distilling. Balconis makes green-to-glass whiskeys at their distillery in Waco. I could talk about all the awards they've won or that they're one of the pioneers of the growing American single malt movement. Instead, I want to talk about flavor, specifically of their flagship Texas One single malt. Pour a dram and you'll get aromas of toffee and overripe fruit. Take a sip and savor the silky texture and flavors like lightly toasted bread with butter and marmalade. The finish offers more of those coffee toffee notes with wood flavors that round it all out. Personally, I drink my whiskey neat, but you're welcome to try it with a little water or even in any classic whiskey cocktail. Look for Balconis in stores, bars, and restaurants across Texas. Try it. I think you'll like it. Matt, for our restaurants of the week, I want to talk to you about a couple of places. Let's start with the Neo Beso Collaboration Dinner. This is a sold-out tasting menu, but featuring two of the more interesting and innovative uh, groups going on right now. Neo, of course, is the sushi omakase that features dry-aged fish as one of its primary components. Beso is the uh, Spanish-inspired restaurant that's opening in the Heights next year. Um, you know, obviously, you know, given the pedigree of the chefs at Beso, having worked at places like Cezanne and Angler, and Mugari to Spain, uh, considerable excitement for what they're doing. And this was our first chance to taste their cooking. So what did you think? In a word, excitement. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Did you have a, uh, do you have a couple of favorites of the, the dishes from, of what you tried? Uh, I, I, well, I think collectively, I really enjoyed all of them. The, uh, the small bites that started out, I thought were really thoughtful and interesting and just continued to pick up momentum. We, were, we actually went the night before service officially started. So there was, it was still a little bit in the R&D phase, but it was a pretty, pretty amazing experience. That dessert for me was uh, pretty special. That banana caviar crepe that they did, the use of that Filipino seaweed with that dish was was very interesting. The kohlrabi dish with that uh, caviar butter and not uh, just luscious and luxurious and salty and creamy and 
the uni preparations to that Chawan Mushi was fantastic. And then kind of the, the play on the, uh, the toasted brioche with the uni and the shaved truffle, a, a lot to like, a lot to like. It's uh, really pushing some boundaries and uh, pushing the, the, the landscape forward in Houston. So the dining landscape. Yeah, no, I, I agree with all of those. I mean, the kohlrabi with caviar stood out for me quite a bit. The the dual uni, uni toast and uni chawan mushi uh, was extremely delicious. Even the even the the sort of the cheese course, the you know fresh tomatoes and smoked tomatoes with a little bit of uh, a little bit of burrata. I thought that was really luxurious. Uh, the neo guys kind of kind of put their spin on paella. Um, Thought that was really fun, and then they, you know, the last meat course, the quail with the uh, with the pickled vegetable on the side, just just a really smart, a really smart, thoughtfully presented dish, and you know, twenty one, I counted twenty one bites, spaced out over uh, just under an hour and a half, so you know, really got to admire the pacing and the execution. You know, they're serving eight people at a time, so you know, there's four chefs for eight people. So, you know, you expect them to kind of, to keep a good pace, but, but even by, uh, even by that expectation, I thought they, they were basically sprinting from a culinary perspective, but you know, that, that makes two Neo dinners for me this year, both collaborations, both very interesting, like, you know, that really sort of reset my expectations in terms of what's, possible or, or what constitutes a really excellent meal. And, and it kind of brings me to something I would just like to kick around with you, you know, because they're not operating in a traditional restaurant space. They're operating in a clothing store in Montrose. They don't have some of the usual accoutrements of restaurant dining, but you don't have to make a reservation. It is an expensive meal. Do you consider Neo to be a restaurant or, or is it something else? Well, I'd say that's kind of based on what your definition of a restaurant is. Personally, I would say it's more a concept than a restaurant, but I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get real pedantic if someone called it a restaurant. Well, I, I'm thinking about from my perspective, you know, in a, in a couple of months, I'm going to put together a list of the best new restaurants to open this year in Houston. And I, I, sort of struggling with, you know, is Neo a restaurant? You know, if I were to put together a list, say, of the most interesting restaurants in Houston, it, you know, if Neo is a restaurant, then it's very interesting. If it's not a restaurant, then it doesn't go on the list. And, you know, I, I, I sort of struggle with what to tell people. It's more of a culinary, it's a dining experience, but it may not be fully permitted and, and running in compliance with all city of Houston guidelines. Well, uh, yeah. And I, I mean, there's a couple competing interests there. I, I think it's in terms of if you're looking for a category or if you're doing an article on best new restaurants, should Neo be part of that? I think absolutely. Uh, at least considered um, to me, it's more of a concept, but they function um you know, as a restaurant, it just isn't your traditional restaurant. 
unless you want to create some other sort of category that captures what they do, then right. I think for that purpose, we call them a restaurant. Fair enough. Uh, and then just briefly, I want to talk about Brett's Barbecue Shop. I know I kicked that around a little bit with Patrick Fugis and Michael Fulmer on last week's bonus episode about the Texas Monthly Top 50. But Matt, you and I recently had lunch at Brett's. And so I just wanted your impressions about this restaurant and Katie. We eat quite a bit of barbecue together and separately. Do you think it's a worthy addition to the list of the 50 best barbecue joints in Texas? I think so. I mean, I think the quality of barbecue is certainly at that level. Um, And um, without stating the obvious here, uh, I don't think I was the only one that felt that way. Uh, And more importantly, uh, Daniel Vaughn and and, uh, that team at Texas Monthly felt that way. But yeah, it was it was really good. Um, my experience uh, with Brett's has been more festivals and events, but really enjoyed our lunch. Mostly the barbecue. The company was okay, but mostly the barbecue. Um, the uh, and across the board, the brisket, uh, the ribs, the sausage. The sausage was particularly outstanding, and that's something they're doing in house, which is not. It's not just something you decide to do and turn out a quality product. So barbecue isn't just something you decide to do either, but sausage is, is a little bit, uh, it's a little bit more challenging to, to get that at the right consistency, the right texture and et cetera. As I say that, I guess that goes for all meats. But. <laughs> well, but they, they do show some skill in creating those house-made sausages and those scratch-made sides. I mean, that really bright, acidic coleslaw, the the bechamel for the shells and cheese, the mac and cheese, and, and you know, just a, a very classic, like, barbecue bean with brisket trimmings in it and some other meat. I just, a lot of care, a lot of, a lot of attention to detail, you know, in the way the brisket is smoked, the way the sausage is made the way the sides are made. I, I was, I was very happy that we got to go to Brett's and I, you know, I, the only word of caution for people who may have seen it on the Texas monthly list is just be aware that it's a very small restaurant with very limited seating and very limited parking. And just based on that, they're going to sell out quickly. So, you know, I feel sort of silly telling people, get there 15, 20 minutes before they open, but that's probably, especially on the weekends, maybe even a little earlier, that's probably the best way to go in order to try everything. Right. You know, I think so. I, we, we did get there a few minutes early and, you know, I think just be mindful of that, you know, also, you know, order takeout that, that may be a better fit, maybe more convenient. You're going to get the same quality. You may not be eating it right as it comes right as they finish slicing it, but that may be a little more practical option for people. And the space is small, but it's also, not sure what the right word is, endearing, maybe, you know, it, it's got a very sort of humble, like you're, uh, you, it almost feels like you're eating at their house. Yes, it, it has a lot of charm, which of course they're going to give up in about six months when they move to a bigger location. But, you know, they've earned that, you know, they good for them. following. Absolutely. They built a following over three years and, and the time has come to 
to move out of the smaller space and, and serve more people. So I, I'm excited for, for the future of Brett's. Yes. So I think the, the shorter answer is get there soon before they move and then get there after they move. Absolutely. All right, Matt, that does it for our restaurants of the week. Thank you very much. Thank you, Daddy. All right. I will be right back with Rebecca Masson and Dodie Wilson. I am joined this week by two women behind a new beer and wine shop in the Heights. Rebecca Masson, chef owner of Fluff Bake Bar. Welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Living the dream, you know. <laughs> Thanks for doing this. Oh, of course. Dodie Wilson, owner of Dodie's Beer and Wine. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Feels good to be here. Thanks for doing this. Thank you for having us. Becky, let me start with you. Tell me a little bit about kind of how things are going at at Fluff Bake Bar. I, I know you just had the pop up with Gail Simmons, and and kind of how you, yeah. Let's let's just start with that, and then we'll we'll move on to to Dodie's. Uh, you know things are going good. I'm sitting here watching them fix the new parking lot, so it will be right. <laughs> Um, no, things are good. Um, yeah, so Gail came and um, baked with us on Friday. And that just kind of, we went to lunch a couple weeks ago and we we're chatting and I said, I know you're busy, but if you ever want to come bake with me, like my dance card is open. And um, she said, yeah, let's figure it out. And so we looked at her, her production schedule and all that. And originally we were supposed to do Saturday and then it didn't work. So we did Friday. Um, and it was crazier than I thought it was going to be. That's for sure. Um, but we, we baked enough and everybody in line got something. It might not have been what they wanted, but they got something. <laughs> so we made it through the line. That was, I was happy. And man, Gail was awesome. I mean, she's like, I'll help customers. And we're like, Oh, okay. And there she was like, you know, serving up the people, all the treats. Yeah. I've discovered since the announcement, the top chef was filming here. People really love, I, I mean, they, they love the show. They know the show. Mm-hmm. They love Gail in particular. There's something about her, I think, that people really relate to. Uh, I think she's, she's, just, she's just Gail. She's kind and she's giving. And she, um, you know, I don't, she's not a prima donna by any means. Um, you know, she's, she's just one of us. She's, she's awesome. I love Gail. All right, Dodie, let me let me bring you in on this. You've opened a wine and beer shop next to Fluff. What what made you want to get into the selling booze business? Well, there was this carport there before it was a uh, little room. And I said, wow, we can sell beer here. And the next thing I knew, I was writing checks. So there we are. So we decided that my husband and I wanted a retirement job. And this is it, selling beer and wine. What's it kind of been like for you to, I mean, how would you describe sort of your knowledge level before you decided to open the shop? And, and what was it like sort of getting 
to a level where you could be comfortable selling it to people? Well, to be comfortable to selling, selling to people and trying to sell something, I have to like it. So some wine was brought to me last week and it was absolutely um, not my taste. And I couldn't have sold it no matter where it came for, from or who produced it. So um, I might not know a lot about wine, but I know when it tastes good and I know when I can sell it. And the ones, a couple of them in the store now, um, they're just flying off the, co- off the uh, coverage there, the shelves. So Johnny knows a whole lot about regions and where the wine comes and the grapes. And, you know, he's quite the beer and, and whiskey man, too. So he's, um, he's more technical than I am taste. <laughs> he did discover, though, that mom has an excellent palate. She's really got a good taste buds for what's good and what's, you know, what seems to be like the ones that are flying off the shelves. Those are her favorites um, because they're delicious and they taste good. So um, we did discover that. And, you know, she's selling herself a little short. She's, she's learning as she goes and she's doing a really good job at it. Well, I guess, tell me a little bit about the, the shop itself. I mean, how many, how many varieties do you have? Are you specializing in any particular style or region or just sort of tell people what they can expect when they they come to Doty's. So it's a little bitty shop. It's 350 or 345 square feet. So in my mind, when I was doing this, I thought, you know, we need to celebrate the small people. So we decided to get um, nothing mass produced or the big vineyards. We wanted to go small. So we've got, we've got you know, Italy, France, Paris, you know, Lebanon, Lebanon. Yeah. Oh, the Lebanon. So good. Um, anyway. Um, so we went that, and then I started, I, something just popped in my head one day and I go, Oh my God, there's gotta be women um, that produce and, and, and own vineyards. And so I started doing a bunch of research before I ever got going in that. And there are some amazing wines out there that women produce. Amazing. So is that kind of what you're specializing in or, or female owned, uh, Yes. Wineries and, and winemakers? Yes. And, and small producers. And small producers. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe talk about a couple of the of your favorite discoveries as you've kind of gotten into this and, and put your selections together. Well, I have now got a new favorite, um, Bubbles, that's for sure. So I've tasted several different Bubbles, my favorite, and we always keep a, keep a, keep a, keep a, um, sorry, keep a case at the house is Imperial, but, you know, how did I know that there was this amazing other um, champagne out, out there? Is it the, the Brazilian Brut? Yeah, the Brazilian Brut. It's so tasty. And then we had one last night, and it was a um, Prosecco, and the name has escaped me. I'm so sorry, but it was um, pretty tasty, too. So. And then the, your new favorite red, the Son of a Butcher. Oh, the Son of a Butcher. Yeah, that's really good, too. It's a California it's, it's, a, it's a red table wine. But also I found if you open a bottle of wine and you ask people if they would like a taste, that um, son of a butcher flew off the shelf on Saturday and Sunday. They loved it. So it's really good that people get to, your customers get to taste as well. Yeah, what's that, what's that been like for you? I know, you know, Becky's obviously been on the show many times. She sort of had her 
ups and downs with her customer interactions, but but what's it been like for you dealing with the uh, the general public? Me, I don't have a problem with them, and they and, you know and they love the dogs, so that's a good thing. Um, they're coming in from my store from an entirely different thing that they're coming in to Rebecca for. Do you know what I mean? They're, it's just different. Explain that to people because you you do have some experience working behind the counter at at Fluff, so. I think I do know what you mean, but but this is a podcast and you're talking to strangers. So maybe uh, maybe tell people yeah. what you mean. Well, there's really no difference. And, 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 you know, I've only been open for two days. I'm sure I, I'm, I'm sure I often wonder because, you know, I'm a little mouthier than, than Becky. So um, I, I often wonder what would happen if someone said to me what some people say to her, because every time they say that to her, they have no idea that she's someone's daughter and it breaks her mother's heart because I wouldn't want her to do that to someone else. So it's going to be really interesting to see um, what happens. I don't want that to happen though at all. I want them to come in and be happy and I want them to leave happy and I want them to drink their wine and come back for more. You know, she says they have a mom or she says, there's a mom behind me. Well, guess what? There's a daughter behind her. <laughs> now, I think, um, to be honest with you, like this neighborhood has is a completely different. Um, it's we're in Shady Acres, and it's a completely different ball game than Midtown. If I'm, you know, Midtown, we had our regulars and they were awesome, um, but you know, we also had quote unquote like the bridge and tunnel people, right? That just no clue what they walked into, turn up their nose at a couch potato and, and they're jerks, right? So we had a, we had a lot more negative, negative reactions with people in Midtown than we have here. This place is a different ballgame. This neighborhood is so happy to have not only me, but now mom. Like they don't have to go to HEB, they can walk around the corner kind of thing. It's just convenience and she, you know, the quality of what she's carrying, it's not anything you can find at HEB, right? So I, I think our, you know, jerks of customers is, is kind of behind us. Thank goodness, knock on wood. <laughs> well, and, and, and I'll say that, you know, I was at the, at the bakery on Saturday this weekend, and I noticed that you had a line kind of out the door, stinking through the bakery, uh-huh. but you still had empty parking spots up front because so many people had walked to you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, we had a, mom had a new customer the other day. He says, you're on my bicycle route now. <laughs> I mean, hello. How, how great is that? I mean, and that was a return customer already. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> that sounds like a great start. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's, you know, both of us are thinking of things that we can do to, um, you know, add value to the neighborhood, right? So, you know, like when you were here on Saturday, we had Tejas and, and their trailer and Scott was awesome. Scott had a great day. We might make it a regular thing. Mom will have uh, tastings and little meetups, you know, randomly throughout the month just to do things that 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 to show that we're a benefit to the neighborhood because we really it's not like midtown yeah we were in a neighborhood in midtown but we are literally in a neighborhood there's nobody no businesses around us right there's our neighbors are houses so 
we want everyone to be happy to come in. And, you know, I'm 10 times happier here than I ever was in Midtown. So there you go. Yeah, Dodie, what's it been like for you to kind of get to know these this neighborhood? And, and I mean, what's the initial feedback on your, your selection? And, and how would you like to sort of see it, it grow? Um, they're like over the moon for the women-owned items. Um, and, and that's, um, again, I wanted to do something for uh, something small, the smaller um, people in business. So they're over the moon about that. They, they're very excited. Um, and, I, and if I went back in there and looked, I'm pretty sure most of the wines that came off the shelves this weekend were women-owned. I have to place an order already. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, you've been you've been writing checks to to build this thing out. Now you get to put some money back in the account. Yeah, yeah. I was afraid to look at I was afraid to look at the square. I made Becky do it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been really great to see the excitement that built it up that was building up before she opened with just yeah. the regulars that come and fluff. And and like the other day, I see regulars now. They go to her now, and then they come to me. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think. Don't you think they were yes. pretty excited? They were very excited. So she They'd ask us all the time. In fact, get, get, got uh, came home a couple of times and said, I really can't wait till you get open. You know that question, when will you open? <laughs> yeah, that's a very popular question. Yeah, I've been through that three times now. I'm yeah. done. <laughs> do, you, do you see yourself sort of collaborating? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Do, do cookies and champagne pair together? Or, or, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up. Do you, you know... Pie and, pie and wine for the table. I mean, it, it seems like there's some opportunities for synergy here. I definitely think so. We need to get, um, if we can get our, our act together, maybe Thanksgiving, but definitely Christmas. Um, and then obviously, like we're planning like some Valentine's Day stuff and some Mother's Day stuff. Um, and then she's going to start carrying like dairy mates, cheeses and some sausages. And then um, if time permits, you know, I hear my pimento cheese is pretty damn good. So maybe we'll sell jars of that, um, you know, and the, but yeah, the, the ability to collaborate on things is kind of limitless. So we just, I just want her to get open and get comfortable and, you know, be going through the ordering process and inventory and all that kind of stuff before I bombard her. Cause you know, we sell 200 pies. So I don't want to make her nervous yet. <laughs> uh yeah Dodie I mean how are you feeling you know you're just a few days in but you're feeling optimistic about your your shop's prospects yes very optimistic um I just I get, we just need to figure out how we can um get the word out to a bigger section of this neighborhood because I'm thinking that they go they get in their car they drive the same street to go get out to to durham to go to work and when they come home they go the same way so they don't really fan out too much so there might be people behind us that don't even know we're here so i'm trying to figure out how i'm going to get a little mailer out or something yeah you, you just need to like put uh flyers under people's windshields or something i, I mean <laughs> People hate that, but you know, maybe some something like that, some sort of door-to-door -door, yeah. uh, approach. I think. Yeah. So I need a couple of little high school kids. <laughs> exactly. That's that's exactly what you need. Yeah, they want to earn some money. So that's a big deal. Um, 
I think it's only going to grow if, if, you know, bringing in the specialty items too is going to be really great, especially around the holidays. Yeah. So, so we might not have, we might, you know, we could figure out like charcuterie boards to go kind of thing, but it might not happen this year just because of the time constraint. But, you know, we just, if she could just sell the, you know, she'll sell a ton of wine, but we'll, we'll get on those, those bigger and better, especially items for parties is, is once we get moving on this. Well, uh, and I know Sam, your husband, or Mr. Wilson, as we all know him. Sam Whiskey. Sam Whiskey. <laughs> is, uh, is the beer guy. Yeah. I mean, what are you, what are you stocking? And, and, you know, you're, you're close to so many local breweries. Have you, have you been able to establish any connections with them? Um, Eureka Heights, which, you know, Buckle Bunny is my favorite beer ever. Um, I went over there and I said, I'm opening this shop and I want one of those cans for my pencil um, holder. And they gave me a can for my pencil holder. That was pretty cool. Um, and, you know, Johnny picks out the beers and um, he's, he's, God, I can't even remember. Well, he got some St. Arnold's. And There's St. Arnold, Eight Wonder, Wonder, yeah. Parish, Moon Tucky, is that one? Yeah, Moon Tucky, yeah. Oh. And then the other cool thing is she can sell sake. Yeah, we have sake. There's these adorable, it's like, I think it's called Lucky Sake. It's like a juice bot, like a Capri Sun with a straw. It's so cute. But, um, and then um, the snow ones, the snow angel ones. Yeah. So it's a pretty good selection. It's, I'd say the beer is, oh, there's some, there's some that maybe Johnny wouldn't choose, but there's a lot that Johnny would choose to drink. Um, and he has very good taste. So I think, you know, but he, we definitely got the St. Arnold's Eureka Heights, Eighth Wonder to start and, the options are, lim- are, you know, unlimited there, but else we could bring in. Um, we've teamed up with Eureka Heights a couple times, so we'll definitely get Eureka Heights over here to do something fun. I like those guys. Yes, it's there in the neighborhood, too. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, they're awesome. And I'm going to try and talk Sam Whiskey into branching out just a little bit from town and bringing some of those beers in, like, Conroe. People don't want to drive to Conroe, but they might want to taste a Conroe beer. And then bringing some of those in too. So we'd have something a little different than everybody else has. No, absolutely. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think it would be fun. We could we could even have them, you know, we could even have them show up and and we could do a tasting too. I, I'm open to tastings every day. So <laughs> well, yeah, I think, yeah, of course you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like to taste every there's day. A, there's 120 bottles of wine in that store, and she's tasted every one of them. You're <laughs> 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 home that day. <laughs> but no, I, I, I mean, but, but, you know, weekend tasting events, that kind of thing, that, that's a good way to build some interest, for sure. Sure, yeah. And when we are able to do baking classes again, when people feel comfortable, they can go over to Dodie's and get a bottle, bring it into the baking class because there's nothing funner than boozing and bacon. Boozing and bacon. <laughs> right. That's the that's yeah. Julia Child's great epiphany. Right? That would be the name of our thing, booze and bacon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Becky, let me just ask you, what's what's next for fluff? I mean, what what I, I haven't even asked you about the ice cream. You're selling you're making a lot more ice cream than you used to. Oh yeah, for sure. We got we got Trixie, she's our new ice cream machine. Um, she makes a whole lot more ice cream than the old one. 
I don't even think the old one had a name. That's sad. Uh, so we have a little dipping cabinet where we can do scoops. Um, and we have four flavors, always chocolate and vanilla. And then two we have fun with. Like right now we have Frankenberry because it's Halloween. Um, so we're just going to go through Halloween this week. Um, and then uh, pies. Oh, my God, pies. I am waiting for confirmation on those Mountain Rose apples, but I should knock on wood have them. So I'll put up pies for sale at the beginning of the month. So that's about it. And then Christmas, you know. Yeah. Stumped and all and, and all the usual things. Yep. Stumped and Noel, chocolate cream pie. Might throw some lemon meringue pie Champagne. in there. Champagne. 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 Yeah, Dodie, you got you to stock up on champagne for New Year's. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. More tastings. More tastings. More champagne. That's right. There was this really long discussion because Imperial is her favorite champagne. So there was this very long discussion of whether or not she should carry her favorite because it is a larger production of bubbles. But uh, now that she's found that Brazilian brute, we might not see any more Imperial around. <laughs> we might not see it for a while either. I can't find it again. I can't oh. find it right now. Might be um, a month or so. Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed yeah, that, it, sure. that uh, yeah. some distributor turns up a spare case in a in a back warehouse somewhere. <laughs> yeah, maybe we could, maybe we could drive across. Oh, never mind. I better not say that. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't do that. Actually, that's not that's not allowed. Do that. That's, yeah. <laughs> well, y'all, I. I'm going to say that brings me to the end of my questions. Is there, is there anything I haven't asked you about that you want to discuss? No, I just think that coming into our wine store is, is quite, a, a, quite an experience because we have a lot of wines in there you can't get anywhere else. And, and some of them are from restaurants and they don't sell them. So we were lucky enough to get a couple of those. So it, it's, it's worth the trip. You should come. Absolutely. All right. Give us the, the website, the social media, all those things for Dodies. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> this is my computer person. <laughs> I'm her so I'm now social. her social media. <laughs> uh, so the website, it's um, almost done. It's drinkwithdodie.com. But uh, Instagram at Dodies, is it Dodies Beer and Wine? Dodies Beer and Wine is um, probably going to be, as with Fluff, the best place to find out things. Um, so she's, uh, we've got the hours posted, the phone number, all that good stuff. And then y'all know fluff at fluff bake bar, fluff bake We're all, we're, yeah, we're both at 1701 West 15th street just off of Durham and shady acres. And it, the email address is cheers. Drink with Dodie at drink with Dodie. <laughs> <laughs> That's our new hashtag drink with Dodie. Perfect. Yes. All right, y'all. Well, this has been great. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, Eric. Thank Thanks you. so much. And you can follow me on Instagram at Eric Sandler. Keep it locked on culturemap.com for all the latest Houston bar and restaurant news. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week.